All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Timeout Talk. We're your hosts, Raphael Singer. And Hunter Leon. The NBA season is officially back. We have some games played. Uh, there's a lot to talk about here. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Let's talk about um, some of the rookies starting off um, because we saw, you know, a lot of their rookie debuts. And I, I want to ask you, Hunter, like which rookies have impressed you um, the most so far? Yeah, I mean, most people lo- are looking at Paulo as the big rookie, obviously number one pick in the draft. And he has been hyped up a lot. And he definitely impressed, even with all the hype, he lived up to it. Need a great first game. Uh, I think he had 29 uh nine five most that's the most points by number one overall pick in their debut since lebron mm-hmm. and it, it gets even more impressive than that first of all he got in the foul trouble early i was i was keeping track of this game i was i'm not gonna lie i wasn't watching the game but i was keeping track of the box score the entire time mm-hmm. and he had to sit a ton of minutes early i wouldn't have been surprised if he could have gotten more points but he had like three four fouls pretty early like in the first half um so he didn't play a ton of minutes on top of that, the only rookies in their debut games to have at least 25, 5, and 5 are LeBron, Kareem, and Paulo. That That's is crazy pretty insane. And obviously, it's a first game. You know, some rookies have, like, good first games and, like, fall off or just, like, good first seasons and just, you know, something happens. Like, I think we, you can remember, like, Michael Carter-Williams, like, for the Sixers, just yeah. disappearing off the face of the earth after one year. And obviously, that's not – I'm not saying that's what Paulo is or anything. But, you know, players can play well in their first season and, and not translate to them doing well in their careers. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely think Paulo looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, they're not trying to win basketball, so that doesn't matter. They're just trying to build a good, good team. And the Magic has something great going, which we've talked about before. Two other guys who really look good to me. Benedict Matherin is mm. like, he's really yeah. balling out. Um, he's looking really good next to Tyrese. Um, and I'm trying to pull up some stats for like for him in some of these games. Well, I could just um, give you some uh, some crazy oh, yeah. stats about Benedict Matherin. Well, first thing about him that everyone should know is that this guy's confidence coming into the league was crazy. Yeah. You know, people were interviewing him and he was saying stuff like, you know, I think I'm the best player in the league coming into, you know, the NBA. LeBron is going to have to prove he's better than me. So that's like kind of where this guy's at. And I really like admire that kind of confidence. And he has the game to back it up. Hunter, there's five NBA players since 1980 to score at least 72 points in their first three career games. That's Isaiah Thomas, Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jordan, Jerry Stackhouse, and now Benedict Matherin. This guy is like actually a phenomenal score, you know, uh, in, in one of his, he, he's been leading the Pacers in scoring. Uh, one of his games, he had 27 and seven on 10 for 18 shooting. He looks fantastic right next to uh, Tyrese Halliburton. And honestly, I think he's like, obviously we, we talked about how good Paolo has looked, but I think Benedict Matherin just based off the eye test is going to be up there in that rookie of the year conversation. Yeah. I mean, he definitely is, is just playing out of his mind and he is looking super efficient the one thing i'm not saying like this is a question mark on him but as far as when it comes to rookie of the year like efficiency can matter so if paulo looks like he's scoring just as much but his field goal percentage is higher because that shot selection is obviously going to be more in the paint i think that does make a difference um but i really do like benedict mather and, and he's just a great pure scorer and he's really great next to Tyrese because Tyrese is a facilitator and a scorer. 
So that's a really solid duo. And I think the, the Pacers have a lot to build around, especially if they're able to find a place for, for Buddy and Miles Turner, who obviously don't fit the, the mold they're trying to build. Exactly. And um, I think that this Pacers team, they're going to get rid of Buddy Heald and Miles Turner eventually. Um, and I think that, you know, this is a team that should not be trying to win games. They're a team that should be in that conversation that should be tanking for uh, Victor Wembanyama. Can you imagine a trio of Tyrese Halliburton, Victor Wembanyama, and Benedict Matherin? That's a scary trio to build around for the future. And I think if that happens, Pacers fans will have something to sort of be excited about. And even if that doesn't happen, I think that Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Matherin is going to be an electric backcourt for years to come. I know it's early, but like I see it happening. Yeah, no, I think they're going to be a good duo. And I also think that Tyrese is one of the most loyal young guys we've seen in a long time, obviously with the way he handled himself with the Kings and just all those surprises. So I do think he's a player that that values um, when a team sees in him. So yeah. I think this is a, a duo that could be very successful, especially because the Pacers have been proving that they can build a successful young core, which they haven't really shown as much in the past. I, I mean, feel like a lot were, of teams are doing that just because there's so much talent going around right now. I mean, they were able to develop a Paul George into, you know, like a superstar level player. Like he was going, those Pacers teams are going head to head with LeBron and the Heat. And, you know, the Pacers historically have been pretty solid in building like good playoff teams and, and developing some of their talent coming in. So I think that, you know, like Indiana is a team that we're going to be talking about more and more, I think, as these years go by. Um, and I think they're doing a good job of getting those pieces around. Um, yeah and just making the necessary moves. What have you seen out of Jaden Ivey? Because I think he's another guy that you wanted to talk about just as a like a, a positive player coming out yeah. of this draft right away. I mean, I don't think I've seen anything that's like kind of blown me away the same way I've seen with Paolo and Benedict Matherin, but I think that he's been playing solid. Like the Pistons are obviously not going to be winning any games, but he's looked good next to Cade. Um, he's been scoring the ball at a relatively good clip. I think uh, his past three games, he has a like 17 points, 17, uh, again, 19 points, uh, just pr playing pretty solid all around. It's good to see because I, I feel like his game is kind of either like make or break. You know, he is a very like athletic player, relies on that a lot. And so if that didn't immediately translate to the NBA, I think that, you know, he could be a guy who just kind of fizzles out and doesn't really make it in this league, but it's good to see him sort of find his footing early on. And I still expect him to start turning it up soon and to like really have those games that um, we all know he can have and that he was having in college. But yeah, I, I liked what I saw out of Jaden Ivey for sure. Definitely one of the more uh, positive rookies so far. Yeah. And I think those three are like the top highlights as far as the rookies go. And I don't think we should get into any of the negatives for rookies because that's something that takes time to develop. Yeah. And still early. Uh, yeah, it's too early to tell. Obviously it's two, three games in the season for these teams. But let's talk about teams as a whole, because that you can talk about a little more, especially the, the ones who are trying to win more basketball, like the Sixers. Starting off 0-3, they're playing pretty good teams, but they did have a loss to the Spurs, which would off, off of a Joel in Philadelphia with Joel Embiid having 40-13. and 13. That, that is ridiculous. And you lose to the Spurs, a team literally trying to tank for Victor Wembanyama. Um, so they're having an 0-3 start to the season. James Harden had a great first game. He had 35, 8, and 7 on opening night. Um, what's going on here? What do you see? 
it's hard to make sense of what's wrong with the Sixers right now because you would think all the pieces are there for the Sixers to be a, like one of the best teams in the league. You know, obviously Joel Embiid started slow those first two games, but with that 40 point explosion against the Spurs, he's obviously still going to be like one of the best players in the league. James Harden is one of the biggest highlights, I would say, for the Sixers in that first game against the Celtics. He looked great and he's been looking more and more like himself, looking like he's the healthy player that we know he can be and it's playing up to expectations. Yeah. And then against the Bucks, he had 31, eight and nine as well. And they only lost to the Bucks by two points. So they are still like a good team, obviously. Yeah. And I think like part of this is like, we, we got to like temp our expectations a little bit, you know, don't overreact too much. Obviously some teams start slow and, you know, it's rust and, and getting back together again and just kind of figuring it out is always sort of an experiment. Some teams take a while to get their feet under them. Uh, physically and sort of metaphorically. But, I, I mean, I'm honestly not too worried about the Sixers. Like, I li- I really liked what I saw from James Harden, and that was sort of the biggest question mark. Uh, Tyrese Maxey still looks good. And sort of the other pieces on this team, like Tobias Harris or even, like, you know, um, P.J. Tucker, they just added De'Anthony Melton, some of those new guys, look like they're fitting in a little bit more. Uh, the biggest concern, I guess, would just be defense. Like, their defense is kind of abysmal right now. But they do have the pieces to fix that. They just, I think they need to play, uh, fi- find uh, uh, Matisse Stiebel into the rotation a little bit more and just try to fix their defense a little bit. And I think they'll be fine. I'm not really too worried about the Sixers. Yeah, I agree. I think when we're going to be talking about every team on this list and every player, and especially, just no, there's no overreacting here. It's just beginning of the season, just our initial thoughts and what we're seeing. But we're not talking about in the grand scheme of things. We're just talking about these first few games, what's going on. Um, but yeah, I'm going to agree with you with everything you said about the Sixers there. Um, I do think though, it's still unacceptable to lose to the Spurs, no matter how, how you're trying to find your footing, obviously like that's just a shock. And we'll be talking about them and a few of the other teams that are supposed to be tanking, but aren't actually right now. Yeah. So (laughs) what did you see from, uh, from the Wizards who apparently are making it a habit to start every season red hot? Yeah, I actually, I really like the Wizards. I mean, they got Kyle Kuzma. He's my boy. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, you know, a Laker fan. I got to support all my Laker boys uh, out in the NBA. And I really like what I'm seeing from the Wizards. I mean, they started last season as the number one seed, stayed number one seed until Bradley Beal got injured. And coming into this season, I was like, the Wizards just are not that great. They're just like a whatever team. They have Kristaps and, and they have Bradley Beal and Kuz. And that's okay, but that's not getting you anywhere. And I'm not saying that is getting them anywhere, but... I think that Kyle Kuzma has been playing great. He's averaging 24 and 10 right now to start this season. He's looking really good. Yeah. Bradley Beal hasn't had great games so far, and they're still winning. And Kristaps is still finding his footing as well. And I do think this this team could be one of those surprise teams, just like they were last year. And I don't don't think they're going anywhere, but I do think somebody could look at the standings one day and be like, wait a minute, why are the Wizards like the two or the three seed? And then they'll just drop out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean... The Wizards, they basically are keeping the same team they had from last year. So there's really not too many pieces to integrate. I think, like you said, I really like what I see from Kuzma. I think he's been hooping. Um, he, he's really developed his offensive game to where he's like a pretty good three-level scorer. You know, he can kind of do it all. He, he's a player that's very versatile. Like he's a 6'10 forward, something like that. Um, but he, he sort of can do it all. He can rebound. He can pass a little bit. Um, he's developed into a, like one of the most 
like a very just solid, well-rounded NBA player. So that's great. He's very unique. Yeah, exactly. Like not many players like him um, who kind of have that build and that skill set. So it's good to see him playing really well. Uh, Bradley Beal, as you said, hasn't had those like lights out scoring games that we know he can have. And I think he will have as the season starts to, you know, progress further. But he's looked decent. He's looked okay. Um, I don't think like there's too much to read here for the Wizards. Like they, they beat um, the the Pacers, who we know are not going to be a good team. And they beat the really, really uh, shorthanded Bulls who don't have Zach Levine. Or no, they had Zach ball. Levine. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. Zach Levine played. Really? Uh-huh. He's back for that game. Wait, hold on. Let me double check. I swear I didn't see him. He played... No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. I swear to God, Zach Levine was back for I that swear game. To, hey, check the stats right now. I promise you, Zach Levine did not play. Hey, what the hell? Zach Levine didn't play. That's okay. what I'm saying, man. He's out for a little bit, Zach Levine. I, I forgot exactly what... Um, no, was... no, I knew he was starting the season out, but I thought he was back for that game for some reason. No, no, is that... Um... Yeah, but anyways, he uh yeah, so like I think like those are good wins to have, but the Wizards they're going to be fighting for a playing spot. Um but it's cool to see like I don't know, cool cool for them to be up there uh again in those standings uh, early in the season. Yeah. Moving on to a team that Rafa was big on. I wouldn't necessarily yep. say this was a surprise cuz I think a lot of people saw this coming and I did too. Um but the Pelicans are looking really really good. They uh, blew out the Brooklyn Nets in their first game by like 28 points, 27 points, something like that. Zion had a big game. B.I. had a big game. C.J. looked great. The entire team just looked great. Um, So what are you just seeing out of this team, and how do you think this is going to work? Well, the Pelicans are playing like one of the better teams in the NBA, which is exactly what I expected. Um, They look great, man. I'm telling you, B.I., like he's just looking like – a lights out score unguardable like he's really coming into his own as a scorer you know like he's really found his game you know it's settling in that mid-range but he's got that pull-up three as well uh very much kd-esque i know we talk about him uh with those comparisons all the time but his game is so reminiscent of kevin durant and that's such a you know high praise um but also like all the other pieces on this team have been playing phenomenally. One guy I really want to highlight because we knew Zion and CJ were going to be good is Jonas Valanciunas. This guy has been having crazy good games. You know, you look at the scoring stats right now, he's averaging like 22.5 points on the season and 15 boards. Um, well, I would like to point out that he did have a 30 point game. So that might be skewing it a little bit, but right. he's obviously not going to be averaging 22 points per game, but you know, Jonas Valanciunas is a very solid big man. You know, he's he's a guy who can kind of uh, guard that paint for you a little bit, grab a bunch of boards, and uh, can score in the paint as well as stretch it out to the three-point line a little bit. Um, and this is with, you know, Zion. I don't even think he's looking at 100% yet. I think he's still getting his feet back under him and, and getting into NBA shape once more. So I think that the Pelicans, they're going to continue this momentum. I think they're only going to get better from here on out. And I really, really am a fan of what I'm seeing so far in New Orleans. What yeah, what do you think? I'm, I'm going to agree. And I think Jose Alvarado is also another guy who's come out and played really well. He's just mm-hmm. being himself, playing good defense and hyping up this team. Um, Herb I, Jones I, as well. Herb Jones, yeah. Herb Jones has been really good for them. But he's playing more meaningful minutes than Jose Alvarado is. Um, and he has been playing his role and playing good defense. Um, and they, this is just a young team. They don't have a lot of experience. Um, but they do have a lot of grit and a lot of talent. And I think that's going to get them a long way. I think, honestly, this team might be the closest thing we've had to, like, 
those like Russ and KD Thunder teams. Mm, that's honestly a good comparison because you got the like hyper athletic slashing kind of uh, star alongside the long lengthy shooting score mm-hmm. with a lot of good talent around them and like yeah. a, a, a like Serge Ibaka being like your Jonas Valanciunas like a, a really solid uh, like blocker and just rebounder and I, I think this is the a comparable team to that and I think they have like comparable talent and like a ceiling probably somewhere like I mean and that's a really high praise considering that team got to the finals I mean yeah. so I'm telling you, man, I, I told you New Orleans is going to be doing something special this season. But yeah. um, but obviously, like, all these takes, you got to take with a grain of salt. Mm, exactly. Early, early in the season. Um, but also one guy I want to highlight who I think is a very underrated piece on this Pelicans team is Larry Nance Jr. He's a guy who he's never going to fill up the stat sheet, but he just does a lot of the small things that are really Another Laker. Another Laker. He's going to get those, like, one or two offensive boards that really shift the tide. He's going to be, you know, playing some meaningful defense down the stretch. He can kind of, he does a little bit of everything, almost like a Draymond Green type of guy. And that's really important for winning basketball teams. They all have the, those one guys or those one player who can kind of do all the small winning things that you really need on a uh, championship level team. So big fan of the Pelicans. Um, let's move on and talk about, Larry Nance Jr.'s uh, former team, the Trailblazers, because they start the season 2-0 and uh, with a win over the Kings and a win over the Suns. Dame really looked like himself in that second game. I think he had something like 40, 40-ish points. Yeah, he had forty. He had 41-7, and seven, I believe, was the stat line. Yeah, so, so great he... game from Damian Lillard, who's obviously back this season after missing all of last season. So what do you think of the Trailblazers, Hunter? Are they legit? Are they going to be better than we expected? I think they're going to be about where I thought they're going to be. I do think they're going to be fighting for that playing spot. I think the Suns are a team that are kind of just in shambles right now. I mean, they barely brought it back against the um, against the Mavs, and they lost to the Blazers. I mean, I do think the Blazers are a team that we're going to see like just have some surprise victories against those high seeded teams. But I also think they're a team that's going to fumble the bag a lot of the time against those mid mid tier teams and some of those low tier teams that you're like, why did the Blazers lose to you know the pistons tonight and i feel like they're going to get a a wide range and just they're not going to have a consistent or predictable season at all um that's just my guess but i do think that this team uh is going to be really fun to watch and that they have a lot of good pieces their bench is just horrible honestly i don't think their bench is too bad i mean like actually i don't know they have one of the worst benches in the league because, okay, they have pieces that I like, though. I like Nasir Little a lot coming off the bench. I think Shaden Sharp, he had flashes against the Kings where he looked pretty solid. And, you know, Justice Winslow, like, he's been bouncing around the league a little bit, but maybe he's found a home here in Portland because against the Kings, he looked decent. I think he put up, like, 11 and 8 or something like that. Um, also, uh, guys like Josh Hart and Yusuf Nurkic, who are not, like, star-level players, but they've been playing very, very solid in their roles. So- yeah, but they're in the starting lineup. <laughs> No, I know, I know. I'm not. I'm saying that like those are the bench pieces I like. I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. the Blazers team as a whole. We might have underestimated them a little bit. They might be better than we thought. Um, it's possible, also- but I I think, but I just think that this team is going to be a team that just drops games that they shouldn't. I think there's going to be a few of those teams. I do think the Lakers are another team like that, but that's why I think they're kind of in that same boat. If anything, I think they're worse than the Lakers. So I, I'm putting them. Where, well, where I they think have they two are. wins and the Lakers have zero. So, I mean, like, 
<laughs> no, come on, Patrick Beverly's a wing, bro. Fair enough. Um, but I was gonna say, I mean, um, uh, I was gonna say, what do you think of Anthony Simons? Because he obviously hit that game winner against the uh, what was it? Did he hit it against the Suns or against? Yeah, the, yeah, Suns. it was against the Suns. Um, which is obviously huge for him, and he's he had a phenomenal stretch his last season. What do you think of what you've seen from uh, from him this year? Uh, he's been pretty solid. I mean, he's hasn't been the most efficient to start the season, but he's a young guy, and uh, I'm sure he can. Imp- he's going to improve a lot. I I don't have a ton to say about Anthony Simons. Not going to lie, I think that sure. maybe he's been overhyped a little bit because I think everyone's hopping on that train. Um, but I do think he still is going to be a solid player. That's fair. And I, I we'll have to see what, ha- what happens with the Blazers as the season progresses. But so far, um, you know, they've been playing solid. And, I'm, and it's happy, I'm happy to see that because Dame is definitely one of my favorite players in the league right now. Um, let's talk about another surprise team. This one is probably the biggest surprise in the league right now. The Utah Jazz are winning basketball games. Um what is happening? Like, yeah. what's going on here? They started by blowing out the Nuggets by 20 <laughs> points with Jokic, MPJ, and Jamal Murray, um, led by Colin Sexton coming off the bench with 20 points. The highest score they had was off their bench, and it was 20 points, and they managed to beat the Nuggets by 20. That that was mind-boggling in itself. And then they go in, and they have another game, and uh, I believe that game was against the Timberwolves. Yeah, the Timberwolves. And Ant-Man drops 30, and Laurie Markkinen comes out of nowhere and drops 24-13 and 13 to to beat the Timberwolves in overtime. Like, what the Kelly hell is Olenek going dropped, on? Kelly Olynyk dropped a solid 21. You know, like, what? <laughs> it was pretty even scoring, too. Jordan Clarkson went for pretty much 30. Malik Beasley had a good game. Mike Conley had a good game. Like, what's happening here did did the jazz have a secret strategy to just like (laughs) seem the most mediocre as possible and they're like giving all of their players steroids and they're like don't tell anyone because right now they have like 15 first round picks what if they made the playoffs and they were actually like these are moves not to tank but instead to contend and they they just secretly built like a very very good basketball team and they trade away all their picks to get like a superstar (laughs) (laughs) not even they don't even need that they're gonna get Wembenyana. With that, while still winning the championship this season. It's going to be like the Spurs in that one year. <laughs> that would be so funny. No, but like, seriously, is this like, are they going to be like the OKC Thunder with Chris Paul? Like a, a bad, a, a team we thought was going to be really, really bad, but ended up making the playoffs. And no way. They, they don't have any leader. I mean, Mike Conley is like a veteran, but he's not an all-star. He's not like, he's not Chris Paul. This is a team that's going to start losing real soon. I mean, it's they're kind of just all out there doing their own thing. I'm pr- I'm sure there's not really much cohesion on the court. They don't really care that much. I mean, I'm not tuning into these Jazz games, so I'm not like an <laughs> expert on the Jazz by any means. Jazz. Um, but look, there's oh, there's no way. There's, there's no way, bro. <laughs> is this just a fluke? Then it's not going to continue. I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up winning 30 games, 35 games this season, but they're not going to be any better than that. Okay, that's fair. Um, I also agree. I don't think this is really going anywhere. I think these are just like early season flukes as teams start to figure it out. Obviously, you know, the Nuggets and Timberwolves are both teams with either players returning in the case of the Nuggets or integrating an entirely like new star into their system. So they got a lot of stuff to figure out. And these um, and this Jazz team is just kind of playing like loose. They don't really have much to play for. 
there's not really much of a system here. They're just kind of like hoping. And so like, it makes sense that players are just kind of like having these big games and, and they're, yeah. these, but they're, they're playing pickup ball with the other teams trying to run the system. Exactly. They're, they're going to get figured out soon. So I don't expect this to really continue. Yeah. And the last team I wanted to talk about just like as a surprise so far, because I mean, every other team, there isn't much to talk about yet is the Celtics. They've been impressive in a positive way. Uh, yeah. Tatum and Brown are really looking good together. I mean, can we be talking about them as the best duo in the NBA? I think you have to. I mean, like, who else has been playing better than uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? They've had incredible games together. Just in that opener against Philadelphia, which they took, they dropped 35 apiece. Um, Tatum has been absolutely lights out. Uh, the next game, you know, Tatum drops 29, Brown drops 28. And then against the Magic, you know, Tatum goes for 40. Brown goes for 12, but... Uh, you know, 40 bomb from Tatum. So, like, yeah, I think there's really not even a question, like, who else is going to be in that conversation? Um, I think it's going to be that, obviously, he's not there yet, but I think it'll be Kawhi and Paul George this season. Yeah, I think that, that's, that's a fair... I think they will be the best duo, because right now, Paul George was looking really good. He dropped 40 uh, in the last game he played. Kawhi looked really good against the Lakers, and he's barely playing any time. So once he gets into some more consistent minutes, I think they could end up as the best duo. But for right now, just based on those first two games, like who's looking the best, it's got to be Tatum and Brown. I mean, yeah, I would 100% agree with that. And I think Tatum, in fact, like if we were to make like an MVP ballot right now, which I don't know why you would, it's like three games. <laughs> in the season. But if you were to, Tatum would be at the top, in my opinion. Like Tatum has definitely looked like one of, if not the best player in the NBA right now, he is. It's still Giannis, bro. I, Giannis still is looking like the best player right now. I, okay, at least Tatum has to be in that conversation. Okay, he he has to be like top three to five. I'm settling top three. Like Tatum in these first three games, he now holds the record for the most points scored in the first three games in Celtics history. Okay, yeah, He's just that's like fair. been so on fire. He's been on point um, offensively and defensively. He's been holding it down too. And it's translating to wins. The Celtics are three and zero, but we thought that the Celtics were going to come and start slow. So, do you think I, that the coaching issue, like the the change in the coaching, has had any negative impact on them at all, or even maybe a positive impact? I mean, I, I really don't know what. Like, obviously, it would be hard to say it has a negative impact in their three and zero. It might we might have overestimated how big of an effect this would have. I think that maybe this team is more resilient than we gave them credit for. Also, pieces like Malcolm Brogdon. They, he's fit in really, really well into this team. He's looked great, um, fit in pretty much exactly as we expected, like, um, like a glove. And so maybe we really overplayed this coaching issue, but I think it's mostly the fact that, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are like playing like the best deal in the league right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're on fire. I think that about wraps it up for like teams, like and how yeah. they're doing. Just because, I mean, we can't. It's too early to talk about some of these new teams, like the Timberwolves and Cavs. I do. Even wanna, the, um, I, I wanted to say one thing though. Um, this is like not on our list, but I read uh, an article about how Adam Silver has been telling teams in the league, like I don't know how serious this was, that the NBA might be considering like a relegation type system to prevent teams from from trying to. Tra from trying to tank uh, for guys like Victor Wemanyana. Um, so like teams from the G League would be moved up and NBA teams would be relegated to the G League uh, and they would have to sort of fight their way back, sort of the way it is in European football. Um, what do you think of this? Oh, hmm. 
That's very interesting. Wow. I've never heard that, but just like first impressions, I don't know. That's a big change to make to the NBA. Um, I, I don't think that the right way to do it is by having G League teams as the people who'd be stepping up. I think if you want to... I don't know that punishing tanking is the right way to do it. I think the league needs to expand. I think just adding new expansion teams is the way to do it. I don't think going through the G League Ignite or like doing any of that is the right incentive. I think there could be other incentives to uh, deter teams from tanking. Well, okay, how would expansion teams deter teams from tanking? No, no, I'm not saying the expansion teams would, but I'm saying that I think that is like a way to broaden the league in a way as opposed to just bringing the, the G League into it. I feel like most people don't care about the G League to begin with. Right. I guess the, the whole point of that, it was just like Adam Silver in the NBA as a whole does not want to see teams like intentionally just like losing games uh, just to try and get like the top talent. They want to see each team try to be competitive. So they want to incentivize that type of winning behavior. Yeah, but that's Adam- horrible for franchises. Let's say, okay, so let's say you are a team that decides to tank. Let's say you're the Spurs and you're like, we're going to tank and you're a Spurs fan. I live in I'm in a San, I live in San Antonio and I've loved the Spurs the entire you know my entire life. Now the Spurs are in the G League. I'm not gonna start supporting the team that moved in to take the Spurs spot. I'm gonna support the Spurs, but I'm gonna be like, what the hell? They're only playing like 30 games and they're in the G League. Why am I gonna watch basketball? I mean, that's exactly what it's like in English football, though. You know, if you like get relegated from the Premier League, you get moved down to the championship. Um, and so like teams of fans of like English football clubs, they're still going to support their team, even if they're in a lower division. And I think like, obviously this would not be a change you could do overnight, but I could, I seriously could envision a world in which like, because there is so much basketball talent now, like we've talked about, there's like more talent that there are spots on NBA rosters, like where the G league is a pretty competitive league. And like, you know, like the best NBA, the best G league team might be better than the worst uh nba team and that like you know players decide like hey i'm not going to go overseas i'm going to play in the g league because that's my chance to move up and you see guys who like would otherwise be out of the league playing the g league like a guy like carmelo anthony might be on the best g league team or something like that and i think it's a really interesting system um i don't know how like feasible it would be um but i think you might be overstating the issue of like Oh, I would I wouldn't support my team if they were playing in a different league. Well, I think the NBA is already struggling in a lot of ways with viewership, and I think that would make it worse. Football is a worldwide sport with diehard fans, and that's a system that's been implemented since since for how long the sport's been alive. I mean, I don't know how long like they've had the Premier League versus the like I don't know the names of the leagues, but the minor league or whatever. Oh, you know. It's called the championship. It's really counterintuitive. For okay. some reason, the lower league is called the championship. Okay, like, okay, yeah, but that's a system that's been instituted for a long time, and we're talking about a global sport with far higher viewership, and they can take larger hits than the NBA can. So that's, I think that's too big of a risk for the NBA. Okay, I mean, that's fair. Uh, it was just an interesting uh, thing I heard I want to bring up. Um, but yeah, we can move Yeah, on. but yeah, what I was just saying earlier was, like, I don't think we could talk about certain teams yet, like – um, the Nets or the the Raptors, like oh, these teams are just like doing all right and also like have maybe some changes. Uh, not not great to talk about yet. We could talk about those next episode. 
But I do think we should talk about some highlight games that like individual players had because I just saw like so many players hooping, like so many 30 point games, so many like just like either triple doubles or close to triple doubles. And I was just like, what is happening? Like last year, it felt like forever before we saw someone drop like a 40 or 50 piece. And this year, it seems like it's happening so easily. Um, so I'm just going to list out some games and I want you to tell me which one you think of like a few of these is like the most impressive or um, if, if you did watch the games. So yeah. we had James Harden in that opening night game. He had that 35, 8, and 7. That was a loss, though. Pascal Siakam dropped 37, 11, and 12 on the Nets. Um, and that yeah. was also a loss. Giannis Valanciunas had that 30-point game where he also had 17 boards. Jaw had 49 and 8 against the Rockets. Uh, and then you had Dame. He had that 41-point game, which we talked about. Giannis had 44 uh, and 12 against the Rockets, and then Embiid dropped 40 and 13 against the Spurs. That was also a loss. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to say one thing. Um, it looks like everybody that plays the Rockets is just going to have a 40 piece, like Ja, then Giannis. Like, I'm excited when the Lakers play the Rockets. You know, LeBron's going for 40 in that game. Maybe I think eight- LeBron actually last year did have 40 against the Rockets. I, it's just the Rockets have no defense. That's the issue. So, and they're obviously not trying to win basketball games either. I mean, actually, I think they kind of are. Like they've they've put in a lot of effort, and they they have more talent than they uh, they did last year um, after adding Tar Eason. But um, they did also, lose yeah, Chris from Wood, though. The, yeah, exactly. And I, but I do think Jalen Green has been playing quite well. Um, but I will say, I think that the most impressive performances here, obviously, Jaw. Uh, dropping 49 and eight he's John Moran has looked phenomenal this season uh there were like I think some people thought that you know and by some people I mean you that the Grizzlies were not going to be as good that as they were last year and that maybe jaw like kind of had a flukish season last year I'm not saying you said that but like no no no, not at all maybe he wouldn't like reach the same heights but he's sort of quelled any of those doubts you know he comes out scoring 34 against the Knicks 49 against the Rockets 20 against the Mavs um and no, that's not what I meant. In the, not from an individual standpoint of jaw. I just think some of the other Western Conference teams might be better. I know, I know. I, I was just saying, like, if if anybody thought jaw was gonna like sort of not be as good as he was last season, like he's sort of putting that to rest immediately. And obviously, Giannis. Like, what more do we have to say about this guy? Like, like you said, he's a top three player in the league right now, if not top one. Um, and he's just dominating every single game. Bucks look great. Um, I don't think there's any, like, too many, like, crazy stories here. Obviously, like, the name that stands out, that's not like the others, is, like, Jonas Valanciunas dropping 30 and 17. I think the the Pascal Siakam game was the the one that I was the most impressed by. Hmm. Tell me about it. I mean, he had a 37-point triple-double. My my favorite man, the washing machine. Um, I just wasn't expecting that out of him. It was still a loss, but it was a close game. They lost by four points. Um... I'm not going to lie, I didn't watch this game, but this box score stood out to me. And he, he, he was really efficient. He shot 15 for 21, um, and he he shot two for six from three. So he did, like, like four of his six missed shots were three-pointers, which means he went 15 from 19, or sorry, 15 for 17 from inside the three-point line, which is very impressive. So very efficient game for him. Um, I agree. I agree. It was an impressive just, game, but yeah. obviously – I mean, I didn't watch the game either, so it's hard to really give, like, great analysis on it. But let's talk about it. Let's just talk quickly, like, last thing. 
uh, a game that we both did watch our game games plural uh what do you think of the lakers so far this season oh boy we're getting into the lakers talk can't can't get away from the the lakers for one pod uh no but honestly i'm not mad at lakers i think they played against two of the best teams they could have in the the warriors and the clippers and there was a lot of positive positives to take from that those both games uh, I think there was more positives in the Clippers game than the Warriors game, but that was also the second game of the season. And I think people are already giving Westbrook way, 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 way more hate than he deserves. I mean, people are saying, oh, he shot 0 for 11, blah, blah, blah. You didn't watch that game if you're just talking to Russell Westbrook shot 0 for 11 slander. He had incredible defense. He played very, very good defense against Kawhi, and he had two back-to-back possessions where on defense, they tried to get Kawhi the ball in the post, and he just got a steal. I agree. I agree. That, that is, like, Hunter, wonderful. Your highest-paid player, you're paying $50 million, scores two points, and it goes 0 for 11. That's okay. going to be okay. open it, to it, criticism. Okay, no, but l- listen. Look, we know what Westbrook is. Stop, stop the $50 million. Stop the blah, 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 blah talk. We know what we have. This this and he gave you a solid performance this game. That's yes, not he didn't a solid hit shots. performance. That's yes, a it bad is. performance. It's not a bad Hunter, performance. You can't score two points on 0 for 11 shooting as the highest paid player on the team, one of the three big three players on this team, and go 0 for 11 for two okay. points. Listen, listen, listen. No, no, that's not true. Ball. Okay, ch- change the name from Russell Westbrook to Rudy Gobert. He had oh, five my. blocks. He did his job. Oh my God. Okay, first of all, first of all. Rudy Gobert gets you boards. Russ was not boarding up like that. Um, and second of all, don't even start. Russell Westbrook's defense. I'm not comparing. I'm not nowhere comparing. Near, nowhere near. Nowhere near. Like uh, the worst Rudy Gobert. Look, look I'm, I'm not comparing the players. But I'm saying you change the name to Rudy Gobert and you look at the stat line and most people are going to be like, oh, he hadn't. Well, you know, look, he still had his five. He had his five blocks. in their defense, though. Because Russ, his defense was good. Rudy Gobert's defense is literally why he gets paid the big bucks and why he's been an all-star. Like that is the defining feature of his game. And he changes teams and, and really is the system of teams simply due to his defense, his shot blocking and his IQ on that side. of the. I'm field. not saying Rudy Gobert and Russell Westbrook are the same dude, but there is a point to be made that people are overheating on Western Westbrook and they're just hopping on this train. And you see, he he's shooting over 11 in a, a game. Yeah. He obviously shot like crap, but like, it's two games into the season. People are yeah. gonna have bad, bad shooting performance. Give him. Give, he had 18 points in that first game on pretty good efficiency. Like for Russell Westbrook, we're talking. He shot pretty solid, and then he comes out in the second game and shoots bad. Okay, okay that can happen. Give him a bounce back game. Let's see what he does this game. Okay, like, everybody's just hopping on the hate. I agree with you. I think you shouldn't hate on Westbrook, but to say that he had a solid performance in that game is simply like denial of reality in my opinion no i disagree because i think i think it's denial of reality to say that russell westbrook didn't have a solid performance yes he missed his shots he had a he bad played great game, defense though. he had a bad game he had a g- incredible game defensively and he had a bad game offensively that's a bad game because nobody's paying russell westbrook 50 million to play defense we pay him to do with the stuff on the offensive side of the ball and he wasn't no, we're, uh, the Lakers system. Do you not do you not know what the Lakers are trying to turn Russ into? They're not trying to turn him into some defensive beast, but they want Russ to buy in a defense. And yes, he did that in this game. 
when you bind a defense that's good, that's good. And he had great defensive possessions, like the two you're talking about where he, you know, he got those, uh, those steals. But when you lose the game simply due to lack of offense and one of your big three offensive players is not delivering on offense, that's a bad game. I'm sorry. But you can't that's just blame that on Russ. The Lakers lost by what, like five, six points. And you know, there were a ton of other guys who were missing their okay, shots. Yeah, I agree. A ton of other but guys who missed their shots. So you can't just say it's Russ. Your starting backcourt goes 0 for 18. That's a problem. You know, no way. Yeah, Patrick say, Beverly was also a problem. Yes, Patrick Beverly had a bad game. Russell Westbrook had a bad game. That's why we lost the game. Obviously, other players contributed, you know, like I don't think like Juan Toscano Anderson really did as much as he could. And, and other players around there, like we, we need more shooting and, and higher efficiency behind the three point line. But I don't think you can say Russell Westbrook had a good game by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, we can agree to disagree about this game, but let's talk about somebody else on this team real quick who I really liked in this game, Lonnie Lonnie Walker. Walker. Yeah, he played great. And I will say it was really nice to see what a athletic guard should look like on the offensive end of the ball. Well, you don't don't think Russell Westbrook's an athletic guard? No, I'm saying what he should look like, like how he should play offense and what it... Wait, I thought Russ had a good game. No, I'm saying he... I said he had a bad game offensively. No, but overall, like he had a good game. <laughs> he had a solid, he had a solid game overall. Yes, but I'm saying it was nice yeah, to see on the offensive end of the ball. What? Those two separate things. I'm talking about offense now. Okay, 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 okay. I was okay. All right. I think it was nice to see a guy have a really good game and see him do it like as an athletic guy, not a guy who's a shooter. Um, and I really like his nickname that they're giving him, Skywalker. I think yeah. that's a really good nickname. I agree, and I, I really like what I've seen out of Lonnie Walker. Um, you know, he's kind of doing, he's the athletic guard that we need. And I think, you know, having some youth on this team, you can sort of tell how different um, it affects the Lakers and, and how much it changes their energy, their pace compared to like the squad last year, which was just filled like old ass men. And it was like a retirement home pretty much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like Lonnie Walker. I just think the biggest problem in this team is always going to be their shooting. And so I am still a proponent of the buddy healed miles Turner trade. Um, we don't have to get into that because we could talk about that for another like 40 minutes. But overall impressions on the Lakers, get, rate, rate the Lakers thus far out of 10. Or give them a grade more like, give them a grade. Yeah, I was going to give them like a C plus. C plus, that's a passing grade. Yeah, Lakers are barely passing. Barely passing, <laughs> all right, fair enough. And on that note, uh, I think we can call it. It's been a great episode. Plenty more basketball to watch and discuss in the coming weeks. So make sure you keep tuning in week after week for all the latest analysis and news. Um, Yeah. And so thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you all next week. Peace.